Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Today's podcast is brought to you by Aviva Canada, a leading property and casualty insurance group providing home, auto, leisure, and lifestyle and business insurance to 2.9 million customers. Severe weather and natural disasters are on the rise, and Aviva's Plan and Protect app will help your family prepare for earthquakes, severe wind, winter storms, wildfires, and floods. It tells you what to do before, during, and after these events, stores your insurance info, and works with Wi-Fi. Download it free from the App Store or Google Play, and Aviva will donate $5 to the Canadian Red Cross. What's good, Internet? You're listening to episode 137 of the Syrupcast. We're recording this week's episode on Thursday, September 7th. The Syrupcast is a podcast devoted to fostering intelligent and fun discussion related to the Canadian tech and telecom ecosystem. I'm your host, Igor Bonifacic. This week, I'm joined by Mobile Syrup Senior Editor and part-time Switch Reporter, Patrick O'Rourke. I'm here. I'm, I'm on medication because of my cold, but I'm alive and I'm here. Old Reliable. I'm always here. He, always here, even when it's killing him. Mobile Syrup senior reporter Rose Bihar. Rose, how are you? Hello, I am doing very well. Thank you for having me on. Using this Pixel, it is... Uh, That's right, I'm back to the Pixel, baby. Pixel lifestyle. It is offensive to my design taste at this point. I know, well, hopefully the Pixel 2 will be a little more to your taste, and then uh, people will buy it and love it, and it'll mm-hmm. all because of you and spur consumerism and the destruction <laughs> yeah. of the world yes um last but certainly not least we have mobile syrup staff writer samir two h's chabra ahoy hoy and just before we continue i want to say i am in full support i am in full support of rose's uh, rose's pixel choice and her pixel lifestyle Thank you. I thank you for the support. Hashtag Pixel Lifestyle. But we're not here to talk about the Pixel Lifestyle. We're here to talk about the iPhone 8 Lifestyle. Because next week, uh, the iPhone 8 or iPhone X or iPhone Anniversary Edition, whatever Apple decides to call it, uh, will be announced. At least we think it will be announced. There may be a one more thing where there is no iPhone. <laughs> and Tim Cook just walks off the stage. Um so with that in mind, uh, we kind of just wanted to talk about, um, you know, what we thought might come out of the conference. Um, what is everyone most excited with uh, or about, excuse me, uh, and starting with you, Rose? I mean, I got to say I'm the most excited about the phones. Um, I want to see if they can really live up to the hype that's been building since last year. Because mm-hmm. I remember last year we all spoke about how, okay, this is You know, this is just a prelude to the main thing that's coming next year with the Mm -hmm. 10th anniversary. Um, So we were all very excited ever since then. Um, At this point, can it deliver? Can it actually reach the hype? I I don't think it probably can, uh, especially considering just how great the other options on the market are. But of course, it's Apple. So whatever comes out, I'm sure everybody will be very excited by um, I'm just excited to finally see what device will be measuring 
others against at this point as you've mentioned in the past igor it's kind mm-hmm. of the iphone becomes a measuring stick for other devices so that's what i'm excited for yeah it's interesting you should mention that i was just reading a verge article in just the prep for this podcast and it, w- it made the good point that for most people they'll come acquainted with what a bezel-less phone is through the iphone 8 right yeah. and for better or worse they will think apple invented that form yeah. factor even if as we know, that's not true, and it's not factually true. Um, so we'll see. Uh, Samir, what are you most excited for? And it I, doesn't have to be the iPhone. Well, actually, no. So I, I, I do want to echo Rose's statements, and I do want to say that I am especially excited for the phones. But I, I'm not really excited for the iPhone 8, not because I, I more or less know what I look like, know what it looks like, just based on all the leaks that have come out and all the rumors that have come out. Because mm-hmm. I, I, I want to say I don't like the surfboard design that uh, the iPhone tends to go towards. Like I didn't like the iPhone one, I didn't like the iPhone six or the seven, and it looks like the iPhone 8 is going to look like another surfboard, like that weird rounded thing. Which that that's fine. That's that's the iPhone design. That's fine. I'm more excited to see what the iPhone 7s and the 7s Plus look like. And I think this is probably the first time in history where I've 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 been more excited for the quote-unquote budget devices that Apple releases than the actual product, even though I don't imagine the iPhone 7 or S and 7S Plus are going to be cheap. I want to see what they look like, because those, those are devices that we have not gotten um, very many looks at. And sure, they might just look like you know better, badder uh, iPhone 7s. They're just going to look like the iPhone, like straight up. They're just going to look like the iPhone Seven. But I, I'm I'm curious I'm curious to see what stuff they pack into it, and also what stuff they take away from it. For example, is the iPhone Seven and the Seven S Plus also going to potentially lose uh, the fingerprint sensor, Touch ID, in favor of uh, an, an eye scanner? I don't know. I so I want to I want to see what that ends up looking like. Yeah, Pat's shaking his head. I uh, no, I, I was just shaking my head because I know that um, the the I don't know. Mm-hmm. But rumors indicate that the 7S and the 7S Plus will still have uh, Touch ID. It's not going to go with the facial rec- recognition. This year, that'll be an exclusively iPhone 8 or whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it, iPhone Pro feature. Yeah. Uh, so what are you excited about? Um, I mean, I'm excited for the iPhone 8. I think uh, we're long overdue. No 4K Apple TV? Come I, on. I am excited for that, though. I don't have a, a 4K <laughs> TV yet. I would be a little more hype on that. Um, if you would like to sponsor the Syrupcast <laughs> by sending pat 4k tv that would be great podcast at mobile syrup.com I, I need it, it it's necessary to my life to um i mean i'm excited for the iphone 8 because uh, i think the iphone's long overdue for a significant revamp mm-hmm. i think mm-hmm. apple's sort of been coasting on this design for the last three years they haven't really added anything significant beyond the dual camera since the iphone 6 was it the 6 that had the the, the surfboard design that you were just yeah, yeah the 6 had the, the surfboard six. design the 6 was when they like the six plus came out right as well yeah so yeah, that was like plus. everyone was like when's apple gonna make a bigger phone i need a bigger phone yeah. in my life and that's when their sales went like shot through the roof so that that's the last time that i think there's been a significant change um mm-hmm. so i i'm looking forward to seeing a device that's a little more exciting than what we've what we've seen in the past mm-hmm. um so an interesting piece of news huawei recently passed apple as the number two smartphone manufacturer in the world um, you see the iPhone 8 helping to reverse that trend or is kind of bygones bygones at this point? Well, I mean, I think uh, I don't think the iPhone 8 will do much for that just because I presume in a worldwide in the worldwide market mm-hmm. that Huawei is doing better because it has more different pricing levels. Mm-hmm. Um, but in Canada, actually, that's according to our last statistics, it's 
it's not that it's not similar. We do have a market that's able to spend more on phones and mm-hmm. but tends to have more contract plans available and taken by consumers. So we do actually have the majority of the market by a, a small margin um, using um, using iPhones rather than Androids. But I think it's only by a few percentage points. It's pretty close. Yeah, it's yeah. very, very close. But, but also, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. It also depends mm-hmm. on what study you look at because like all mm-hmm. these analytics firms but that was, base their stuff I, off different things. That's true. That was IDC Canada though. So I mean like... That's well, reputable. Yeah. yeah, pretty reputable. I, I think like it's, it's, a, it's just a matter of fact that these Android companies that are able to offer different types of devices for different you know levels of how much you can pay uh will do better than than iphones but i still think apple has a lock on the higher end market mm-hmm. and will continue to have a lock on the higher end market because there's just so many consumers that won't even take a chance on android devices there's so many consumers that won't even take a chance on an android device it's not a yeah. samsung android yeah. device right mm-hmm. yeah absolutely yeah, we were just talking to somebody from Google who was saying <laughs> that a lot of people don't seem to know what a pixel is, particularly in the, I think they said, uh, female demographic of 18 to 25 years old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, I didn't think of that, but that's probably accurate. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's they've still got a long, Androids have still got a long way to go for the high-end market. Yeah, for sure. Anyone else want to contribute to that? Uh, yeah, I mean, I can, I can, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll throw something. So when I, when that story came out, um, I thought it was interesting, mostly not because of Apple losing the number two position um, or, or sliding down or what, or what have you. I, th- I think I was more impressed by Huawei. I didn't, I didn't really think of Huawei as you know this 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 top three or even top five competitor in the uh, in, in the OEM world. I figured you know it would be like Samsung's number one, and Apple would be number two, and, and maybe something like LG. Uh, obviously not HTC, that that's beside the point. But I didn't right. I didn't know that Huawei, in the short amount of time that we've started taking the company seriously, and and in the short time that the tech industry started taking the company seriously, that Huawei has been able to cultivate that kind of market presence so i guess good on them for that well i think it's it's a question of the asian markets that we underestimate huawei's actually been available in china for much longer than it has been known of in north america i mean it's been available in north america too like when i um when i was looking for a phone with win mobile back in 2012 when i was looking to switch uh, the huawei like the huawei something or other that was comparable in some way to the uh, the galaxy s3 that was available. That was an option. My friend got that phone. I got the yeah. S3. But, avail- so. but available in a very small yeah, way, exactly. right? Yeah. Like their high-end devices, particularly Canada, I think is in the P10, the first high-end yeah, Huawei device the first to, one to be released that came here. to Canada, yeah. So, I mean, Does the 6P knock out? Oh, well. Yeah, the 6P yeah. was uh, actually the most popular, That's the best-selling right. Huawei device for Huawei uh, before. Uh, P10 probably can't even match it if you think about it. Just no, because of how be availability and kind of brand recognition that's true i forgot about the 6p yeah but it's not under the huawei branding so well it did have the huawei logo on it though which was interesting yeah yeah it's interesting it's fascinating to me how nexus devices have already become a distant memory for myself and it's it's Mm -hmm. not been that long right it's only been a year and a bit since google sort of shifted that strategy yeah to to speak to what you said uh, samir i think it's it's something of a you know Eurocentric is not the right word, but definitely like a kind of um, North American centric view on these smartphone OEMs, right? Like Huawei is a company that has the full backing of the Chinese government. And that means a lot in certain cases. And just the fact of having untethered or 
unfettered access, excuse me, to the Chinese market. You know, WeChat, just by virtue of being only available in China, is the biggest chat app in the world. Um, so I think at this point, if you're someone else in the industry and you're continuing to discount Huawei, it's only to your detriment because this company is probably only going to get bigger. Um, so we'll see how that mm -hmm. goes. It'll be interesting from Apple's perspective. Do they drop even further? Um, I think at this point, the kind of fulcrum point has shifted to Huawei's side of the things where they probably won't reclaim second. Whether that's important to them or not is up in the air. You know, like I think they're ha like they're still, you know, they have more money than God. Does this change anything? Probably not. You know, at the end of the day, that's what matters to them. It's fascinating, mm. not even just for phones, but a lot of different industries, how important the Chinese market has become. Mm -hmm. um, like, I, was, I can't remember what publication the story was in, but I was reading about uh, movies, like big budget Hollywood movies. Mm. Um, and getting traction in the Chinese market is in some ways integral to, to them, like making money now for mm -hmm. really, really big budget movies. Um, so they like do things, like cast Chinese actors, and they have they have ways of getting around China's content laws and things yeah. like that. So it's it's fascinating how important. Um, I don't know if it. I, I guess it's an emerging market. Uh, an emerging market like that is to not just smartphones, but so many industries now. Mm -hmm. um, Rose recently wrote about the possibility of the iPhone finally officially coming to Freedom Mobile slash yeah. Win Mobile. Uh, Rose, do you just want to give us the skinny on that and then we can talk quickly about that? For sure. So Scotiabank analyst Jeff Fan wrote in a letter to clients that he expected the next iPhones would be Band 66 compatible, meaning that they could work on Freedom's LTE. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, then suggesting, well, you know, hopefully uh, Freedom will have an agreement with Apple to carry those devices, which is something I've spoken with briefly uh, about with the uh, technical head of, um, uh, of Freedom Mobile. And, you know, he, he suggested that things were in the works and that they were trying. So hopefully that will happen. As we know, if a phone is not supported by Freedom, if it is not sold by Freedom, uh, they cannot guarantee it will work on their LTE network, despite whether or not it's compatible with Band 66. Mm -hmm. So there's there's still a question there about whether it will actually mean something for Freedom. But it's exciting and uh, could be a huge boon for that particular carrier. Right. So let's talk about that. Um, starting with Pat, do you think it's a big deal for Freedom? Uh, is it somewhat overstated alternatively? I mean... I think it's somewhat of a big deal, but I think a lot of people that uh, subscribe to Freedom, they're looking for a device that's a little more affordable. Mm -hmm. um, I think whether or not Freedom believes it's like a, a budget brand anymore, I think that's still what it is. Um, so, I mean, if the iPhone 8 or 7S and 7S Plus are carried by Freedom, they're going to be pricey, right? Mm -hmm. um, so some people will certainly buy it, uh, but I, I still think that the mid-range android devices are going to be the biggest selling uh, phones with freedom mm -hmm. i i sort i i kind of agree but i also see the argument that there are a growing number of people who are not uh, truly budget users in, in the <coughs> truest sense of the word who are attracted by what are really just reasonable rates at freedom sure. you know yeah, it's that, not even true. that like they're dirt cheap it's well, just they're reasonable compared to how much you're spending yeah about. you're you're right i guess like 
the their coverage is better now too they they could, have lte yeah, of yeah. course so it could um, be something there maybe maybe i'm uh, a little bit behind the times with the perception of of what freedom is in it, canada it could be shifting and i think that is what shaw which owns freedom really really wants as samir knows he's covered it as well um brad shaw the ceo recently talked about his big aspirations for the company and we also talked to an analyst or i talked to an analyst at idc who thinks that uh, freedom is going to go the way of uh, t-mobile and really become the big fourth player that shakes things up and brings unlimited data to canada so didn't you talk to someone at, at freedom at one point that mentioned that they uh are kind of counting on or assuming that the next version of the iphone was going to be band 66 yeah we, they were definitely sort of insinuation sort of wink winks of like yeah, yeah, yeah. we're we're thinking this is going to happen okay. so for them i think they do see it as a, as a big move forward and you know they're building out their network like the getting the iphone having that through their own through their own stores would make them that much more legitimate to a lot of people that's true i didn't think of it that way I mean, I really, I really wish there was something else I could add because I, I feel like Rose and Patrick summarized it on both sides. But I, I, I'd like to take a little bit of a bold approach, and I'd like to to, to put out a. I, this is huge. Sorry, uh, has the table. I think that if Freedom gets an iPhone, that is that is huge for the network. I think it would. It, it would absolutely legitimize the network in, 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 in the eyes of its current subscribers, in the eyes of the telecom industry, in, in terms of Canada's existing telecoms. I, I think that if something like the iPhone shows up on your network, it means that you've made it. And maybe maybe you haven't actually made it. Maybe you still don't have all so the coverage you need. it's a status symbol, if you will. Oh, no. It, and that's the thing. It absolutely is. I mean, earlier, I don't remember if it was either... It could have been... I think we all said it, really, in some way, um, that the iPhone is a benchmark. It's it's something that you compare... I think, Rose, you said that. You, it's something you, you compare... It's a measuring stick. It's a measuring stick, exactly. Stick. It's what you compare other things to. So when the iPhone shows up uh, as, as a product that you can sell to your customers, if it's something that you can actually purchase from your carrier, it means that your carrier is you know quote unquote one of the big dogs now so if this is true if the if, if scotia this particular scotia bank analyst is right and it just so happens that the iphone 8 or the 7s and 7s plus have a band are, are band 66 compatible this is something that i believe freedom will never stop advertising like it will as soon as it happens we are going to see bands yeah. on facebook and twitter we're going yeah. to see there's going to be a massive press release there's going to be this huge surge of media what, what you're telling me is there'll be facebook ads bombarding me yes yeah. oh i mean even, always I, i'm a freedom customer and most of my facebook <laughs> of course not true but most of my facebook is 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 like freedom ads this would be something that they would boldly loudly proclaim from hilltops and mountaintops and here's the other thing fan talked about how yes it would be better to have um, lower cost apple devices because people would have to put down quite a bit of money on contract but even right now, Freedom has been doing a lot of MyTab bonuses that compl- that have subsidized certain devices in incredibly large amounts. There was up to $590 off. I believe it was either the G6 or the V20. So, I mean, I think they would definitely go, and go that route as well uh, for, for an iPhone. I don't think they'd be afraid to do that. The question I would ask is how much, if any, stock of iPhone 8s would they allocate to Freedom? it's hmm. interesting um i, I and, think and maybe it's not the iphone 8 that counts right if the it's the 7 plus s and the 7s that's what that's what i think yeah. it'll be i think the iphone 8 is going to be really hard to find um mm. 
mostly on purpose on Apple's part because of the the various part shortages that we've we've heard about. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I I don't think it's going to be very easy to get the iPhone eight from any carrier for that matter, mm-hmm. even outright from an Apple store. I think we're going to see sort of a resurgence of the the lines mm-hmm. that we lines, used to see, yeah. which which I mean um, blast from the past isn't great for consumers, but it's it's exciting and and kind of cool to see sort of that launch day hype. We're going to see that again this time. Um, but it, it's not going to be easy to find and you're going to see them on the gray market like Kijiji and Craigslist for tons of money. Like this thing, the rumors are it's going to be 99, uh, 999 US, which means it'll be at the very least 1,300 and a bit Canadian. I think it's going to be more than that. I, mm-hmm. My sort of price point for this thing is going to be, it's going to be $1,400 for the, the lowest yeah. end storage version of it. Um, so you're going to see this thing on the gray market for like two grand and stuff like that right after it comes out. So rapid fire questions now before we get to our wonderful reader questions. Uh, Pat has said uh, 1400 What do you two think uh, it's going to cost? Second question, what's going to be easier to find? Because we're always Nintendo themed here at the Searcast. <laughs> SNES Classic or iPhone 8? Hit me up. Ooh, I like that. I think the uh, iPhone 8 will be uh, 1399 mm-hmm. <laughs> just to go Very on the bold. under. <laughs> and uh, no, but I think it will be that expensive, which is ridiculous. Uh, and I, I think the, gosh, I don't know. I think maybe the iPhone 8 will be harder to find. You hear it here first. The SNES Classic may be actually possible to find at stores. Samir? I mean, I... I, I, I've been throwing around 1500 as a number, um, just, just in terms of sort of highballing it, but also lowballing it. Uh, I want to say that I, I have no idea how much uh, the iPhone 8 is going to cost, but I think if we compare it in some way, shape, or form to something like the Note, uh, goodness, uh, the Note 8, there we go. If we compare it in some way to the Note 8, which is what, 1300 right now? 1300 outright. 1300 Five. outright. Yeah, so, 550 on plans. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna add on it to 200 because Apple just always has the to Apple be. tax. Yeah, the Apple tax exactly. So I'm saying 1500. If it turns out to be 1400, that's good. That's a hundred dollars cheaper. That's still more expensive than a MacBook Air, which is insane <laughs> to me. It is insane to me that we are currently looking at phones that are more expensive than laptops. It is bizarre. Mm, but like. There's so much that goes into a smartphone, of course, right? No, no, like, it's, it looks, well, there's a whole, there's a whole industry, there's a whole market, there's you, a whole analysis that we can do. But you it's still, could get it's still into the the whole thing that, like, for a lot of people, uh, their phone is, is their the computer. personal computer, right? Like that's what they do everything on. My parents, mm-hmm. like my mom, has a laptop, like an aging Windows 10 laptop, but she does 90 percent of what she needs to do mm-hmm. on a smartphone. Same, same with my dad. I, I'm mm-hmm. not saying no, like for us, yeah. right? Like, no, it, it still shows, I think Samir's point is it just shows the ridiculousness. <coughs> like these are machines like the laptops often have way more impressive computing specs. It is ridiculous. Ready to pop the question. The jewelers at blue have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ridiculous to see the fact that, that phones are coming up to that same price point. Yeah, but there's still there's still phones that are cheaper, right? Like of just because there's yeah, these yeah. crazy expensive luxury high end 
bananas devices doesn't mean that they're still uh, like affordable phones. It's true, but those cheaper phones, you can also find cheap laptops for about the same price as those cheap phones. I just think that it, like the, the the fact that those two are kind of in the same realm is a little it's a it's a little uh, I don't know unusual, absurd. Pat, we're waiting to hear oh, what's oh. going to be more likely. What's going to be easier to find, the SNES Classic or the iPhone Eight? Best Buy is going to offer a bundle where you get both of them <laughs> for five thousand dollars. You heard it. You heard it here. Um, I I think they're both going to be hard to find. I would guess that the iPhone's going to be more. Don't difficult. hedge on me, man. No, Just no, no. Choose. I'm, I'm going to give you. A, I'm going to give you a specific one. They're yeah. both going to be really hard to find. Yeah. But the iPhone will be slightly uh, more difficult to find than the SNES Classic. Okay, sounds great. So we have two wonderful reader questions this week. Uh, we're going to start with the uh, written one first. Uh, this one comes from uh, Marcel. Marcel, thank you so much for emailing us. He asks, uh, mobile si- signal is weak at the cottage. Uh, what, would I, uh, what would I look for in good value for a signal booster? Telus has a tower in the distance and family members use both Android and iPhone devices on the Bell and Kudo in brackets Telus networks. Rose, you are somewhat our signal booster expert. What would you recommend to this to our friend Marcel? Um, I did test out one uh, not too long. I think it was last year. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to find remember the name of it actually, but um, someone it didn't, didn't read the note. <laughs> <laughs> I thought okay. I would remember, it, but it didn't. Um, honestly, ca- it didn't. It like it was. It's called the helpful. Wii Boost. The Wii Boost. That's right. Um, so the Wii Boost was good. I, I don't think it was so helpful that it would completely solve your issues mm-hmm. and it's also still you know a significant investment i think i don't know between was, 200 and it was really expensive 500 I, I can't remember exactly the price either but um i know i should have i should have studied up but yeah i i think uh that that is a an okay um option any other uh, ideas for this man i think there are also ways that you can um get a bit more hands-on and go a little more industrial and find solutions that you might have to install on a treetop or a rooftop, that sort of thing. Switch carriers. Uh, you oh. know what could be another option is, um, does, does TELUS have um, uh, Wi-Fi calling and stuff? Um, I believe TELUS does have Wi-Fi calling. Yeah, so you could, if you have the right device and you're compatible with that, mm-hmm. you just try doing that instead and if you're able to get a decent internet service at your cottage as well which is another question kudo definitely has wi-fi calling doesn't it i believe kudo does but i mean the, the problem with that route is then you gotta you have to pay the extra fee for like an internet stick of some sort too or like you know just getting internet to your cottage yes. which might be which is, which is maybe you know maybe also difficult not, so we'll see. I, I know like, yeah where my parents' cottages, you could not get internet. Like, it would be physically impossible. Right. Where their house is, where there's roads and electricity and stuff, getting decent internet is hard enough. Right. Yeah. If you're in rural Ontario or rural Canada in general, uh, fast internet is not really accessible. And I think that's something people don't consider. Like when that COTC mandate came mm-hmm. down, everyone was like, oh, my internet's already fine. Why should we <laughs> yeah. have to pay for this? And I was yeah. like, well, sure, because you live in a big city, but right. as soon as you step outside of like even just the gta um getting fast internet is not easy right uh just for so people know how what's the speed of your parents internet it's like so so it's they they pay a ton of money um it's 5 mb supposed to be 5 mb down uh 1 mb up Mm -hmm. um and they get between 1.5 and on a good day Mm 2.5 usually it's one under one like the last time i was there it was under one like i 
and using the modern internet on a connection that's under one MB per second is insane. And they pay it just how much? doesn't work. I think it's about 60 bucks a month. Well, yeah. But but the the carriers mm-hmm. get away with it. Uh, I think their providers bell um because they offer up to 5 MB, right? Right. And the best is like uh the customer service people talk to my mom um and be like, "Oh, why don't you just get 5? I'm sure 5 is offered in your area." And my mom like yeah. knows enough about tech to know that that's that's not the case like yeah. she's talked to them before um and then they like look up their address and they're like oh you don't yeah. you can't actually get five <laughs> um so uh, yeah mm. and i also want to say i will like if this person i wish that i had more of the exact uh names and ways that you could to uh, boost your signal by using antennas mm-hmm. but um feel free to to reach out on twitter and i will provide links you okay Marcel, Marcel, there's the advice we have. Uh, if you need more, uh, as Rose said, either reach out to her or you can just follow up on podcast at mobilesyrup.com. And just as a reminder, we're only soliciting great reader questions, which you can uh, send to us at podcast at mobilesyrup.com. As I said, uh, in the future, we'll have s- some way for people just to comment on an article. Uh, that seems to be the easiest way for people. But right now, I'm really happy because we finally got an audio question. Hey there, Mobile Syrup team. Um, This is Keegan calling in from Edmonton out here in Alberta, and I was just uh, calling in to say um, thanks so much for having that conversation you guys had uh, probably about a week or two ago um, about the the carriers and why maybe you guys thought Rogers was more popular. Um, It's definitely been a question I've been itching to get answered for quite a long time, especially because Rogers isn't terribly strong out here in the West, so I kind of just assumed more people in the East and maybe they're strong in the East, but really interesting to hear your guys' take on uh, maybe Rogers offering more promos. Anyway, moving on to my question, um, I thought we could maybe talk a little bit about Freedom Mobile's success and how that might push along the other carriers. For a long time, they haven't really seemed like a market force, but I'm wondering if maybe if the next iPhone here, or iPhones, I suppose, support Band 66 LTE and support Freedom's network, because of course we know the news about the OnePlus and everything happened there, but if it does support that and suddenly we can actually have people uh, use their iPhone, you know, 50% of customers using an iPhone on that network, do you think we're actually going to see the carriers take Freedom seriously? On top of that, do you guys think that Freedom is a legit long-term carrier? There's been a lot of kind of really quiet backroom rumors that Shaw for a very long time could get purchased by Rogers. It would give Rogers the hardline uh, access out here in the West. Um, and, of course, it would remove another player from the market, making wireless prices go up uh, again. Anyway, thanks so much, guys. Keep up the awesome work. I've been a listener for, honestly, like, I don't know, years now, several years since uh, since the old curse started up the podcast. Um, happy birthday to Robin and to the rest of you guys. Uh, I hope you guys have a great week. Bye-bye. What? He knew it was your birthday? Because he listened to the podcast. You weren't on it, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, it was the birthday podcast. That's awesome. So that was a fabulous question uh, from from Keegan. We obviously touched a bit about on the iPhone side of things, but there are other threads we could pull at there. Um, I think the most interesting one, just for the purposes of our conversation, is you know, do you see uh, Freedom becoming a legitimate contender in the space? Rose, you kind of. I know your thoughts on this. Yeah. You kind of hinted <laughs> at them earlier today or earlier in this podcast. 
So do you want to get us started on that? Yeah, because you and I had a conversation, Igor, in which I was being a true freedom believer and you were mm. offering the counterpoint. And I was saying that, and it was an article I did a little while ago with the IDC Canada analyst, and and he was talking about how he thinks that freedom will go the route of T-Mobile um, and then will push people, will push the big carriers into offering unlimited data and will become a real market force itself. And I said I agreed. I agreed because they've been aggressively purchasing Spectrum, because they have ambition as stated by CEO Brad Shaw. And, um, you know, I, I think and hope that the iPhone 6, or sorry, the iPhone, the next iPhone will come with Band 66 compatibility. So for all those reasons, I, I think there's a great future for freedom. I have my thoughts on this, but I'd rather hear what you two think. Uh, yeah, so I am. I'm currently a Freedom customer, as I've said a few other times on this podcast. Um, as as also, I'm sure you've been able to assume based on how how proud I am of my network. So yeah, no. So Freedom Freedom's got it's, it's got it's got some issues. Uh, we have addressed those issues before. Um, LTE obviously is one of them. Coverage is obviously one of them. But again, I say I think if you're looking for a network and you're in and this is the thing and you're in a city in Ontario. And Alberta and, and BC, if you're looking for a plan that gets you really more than you would expect and, and more or less more than you would need for city coverage because of Wi-Fi and so forth, and you have a smartphone, and LTE isn't the most important thing to you, yes, freedom is great. But in terms of it being a market force, again, this is something that we're, we're hopefully going to see over the course of the next few years. And it's, again, it's not going to be something that's going to happen tomorrow. It's not going to be something that's going to happen this year even. It's probably not even going to happen next year. It's... <coughs> It is a developing uh, carrier. And again, I like it. A lot of people like it. But getting the iPhone would be a, a huge boon to the, uh, to, to the network. But getting better LTE coverage in the places where you can get Freedom's network, let alone across the country, getting actual pure L- real LTE um, in, in the cities where Freedom's available, that's the, that's the next step. And until we see that, I, I don't really think we're going to be able to talk about it being the next T-Mobile. I don't think we're really going to be able to talk about it changing the carriers girl let me talk about that (laughs) okay okay i have a a, first pat then i have a follow-up question and then rose it's got that shaw money behind it now Mm -hmm. right um so i think that's big it's not going anywhere it's going to be around for a long time um to just to echo what samir said like i think the lte lte coverage is a significant issue if you live in a city freedom is a great option if you leave that city less of a great option yep um I think to truly be a significant player, it kind of needs to be on a on a national level. Mm-hmm. And I think having more LTE coverage nationally is key to the future of of freedom. Um, I don't know whether or not that's going to happen, or if if it's even something that they can manage spectrum wise. Um, but I, I don't think freedom's going anywhere. I think it's it's here to stay. Am I good to just say my part? Uh, okay, say your piece, okay. and then I'll have my question. I still love freedom. Okay, Carlos. Oh, it's just about Spectrum. So I think, first of all, the seven licenses that it got from Quebec or is Videotron are really going to help. That's not going to be everything that it needs, though. Um, but the government, uh, the Innovation Science and Economic Development uh, Division of the government has made it clear that they are going to make it favorable for smaller carriers like Freedom 
when it comes to the 600 megahertz auction, which could mean um, a big buy there for Freedom. And I think it will because they seem to be on a, on a bit of a buying spree. When's that Plus, happening? Um, that is happening still. It's still looking like about two years in the future. Okay. It, it is in the future. That, that's what I, I was just yeah. curious about. Oh, like, for yeah. sure. Okay. Yeah, it is. Um, and then also if Freedom... Uh, works on using unlicensed spectrum um, in terms of augmenting its bandwidth. It, that could be really, really beneficial for them. And that's kind of a sort of a 5G technology that they've said they are working on. So that um, could also very much help. Would Those the unlicensed spectrum allow them to expand LTE coverage? It would, um, it would significantly strengthen what they have. Yeah. And it could be used in, in combination with other technologies okay. to make it better. So, cool. yeah, there's some, there's, there's some very interesting things that I think they can explore. So the question I would ask, and, you know, when we had this discussion initially, Rose, you know, my heart says, yeah, obviously I want this to happen. But my mind asks, how does this happen? And the question I would ask you guys, at what number of subscribers does freedom become a contender and the follow-up to that and i think the more important question and the one that none of you have answered yet is how mobile or freedom mobile gets to that number and the reason i ask it is because it's very easy to say you know they will like we need them to become the next free uh to the next t-mobile right and then but thinking about numbers is important i think because uh, you know, Rose always makes the point to me, well, you know, uh, T-Mobile didn't start at 40 million subscribers. It didn't start with a market cap that is equivalent to all the big three put together. But how does Freedom Mobile get to that? Because you have to, like thinking about that, like how many subscribers does Rogers have to shed to for Freedom Mobile to become a significant player? How many does TELUS or Bell or Bell, how many do like... Do all of them collectively have to shed 3 million subscribers for Freedom to become a big player? And then how does that happen? What is the disruptive market strategy, technology that makes that happen? Um, and how soon does that happen? So I don't know if there's an answer. Maybe, you know. I think, uh, I think it is an interesting question. Mm -hmm. I just think that um, it, people are so discontented with their service and the prices that they pay with the big three mm -hmm. that that part isn't so difficult if freedom manages to get its network quality up to a certain level mm -hmm. um the the deals that it's currently offering i think even will be more than enough to draw people over from those big three mm -hmm. and timeline wise i think it really just matters on the development of the network so i mean perhaps within the next five years we'll see something that is really mm -hmm. a, a big a bigger shift towards gaining those numbers i think they need something like so <clears throat> if, if having more subscribers is key to freedom being a national player i think they need some to give canadian consumers some sort of reason to leave bell rogers or tell us whoever their current subscriber is i don't know if that reason is well, I guess I do know. I, I would say that it's it's prices. Like if they're able to offer like a dope plan um, that's affordable. I mean, what if what if they like change the script and totally offered like unlimited or something like that? Some crazy yeah. unlimited plan. I don't yep. think that's going to happen. But I, I think that that could be a step towards it. 
I think it's like, I mean, we could do like two hours on this trying to figure out what steps they need to take. Right. Like, I don't know what comes first. Do they need, do they need the subscribers first in order to offer plans like that? Do they need Mm -hmm. the infrastructure first? Like there's so many things. But I think that, I think you raise a very good point because it is very much a chicken and the egg problem, right? Like, you need the subscribers to offer unlimited data because you need the scale to make that well, proposition I mean, reasonable. Technically, they already offer unlimited data. Mm-hmm. It just goes down to a certain speed after mm-hmm. your initial allotment. So, I mean, like, I, I think it's not such a difficult prospect for them to do that. I could see them okay, doing that fair. in the future. Well, that's what the carriers in the States do, right? Yeah. The ones that offer unlimited, that our readers often right. say, yeah. like, they have unlimited in the States. It's not... It's not really unlimited. It's all mm-hmm. like LTE to a certain extent and then goes down to throttled to 3G. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Samir? I think... Samir so, lives on 3G. I yeah. do. No, I do. I have a Nexus 5X and I'm on Freedom. That sounds like um, a great album. <laughs> <laughs> living on living on 3G. 3G oh, yeah. goodness. So again, uh, I, I feel like Rose and Patrick really, really summarized the issue quite succinctly. So I think... It, Yes, it's a, it's a chicken and the egg situation. It's a cash 22. But really, it's just a matter of sustaining the, the growth that they have right now. It's a matter of sustaining the slow growth, the slow and steady growth that we've been seeing since Freedom became this this carrier that we you know consider a proper carrier. Um, I, I don't know what the number is, Igor. I'm really sorry. I wish I wish I knew what the number was. I wish I knew what the magical magic figure was. Well, but if you just had to pull one out of you, you're, you know what, <laughs> what would it be? Well, again, I, I, I can't speak to that, so I, I'd rather not speak to that specifically. But I will say that if they keep on if they keep on the track that they're on, that'll be a good thing. But also, if they keep on offering these very strange and, I would say, absurd responses to the, to the deals that their competitors are offering. <laughs> for example, um, and please correct me on this one, that that 10 gigabyte for $50 deal that they threw out. Just yeah. because Kudo came out swinging, so uh, around the office, I said that was kind of like that's kind of bring like like bringing a tactical nuke to a knife fight. Like Kudo, <laughs> Kudo just offered this thing, this yeah. this this deal for existing Freedom customers, and Freedom came out swinging. They just decided that they were going to <laughs> offer something absolutely exorbitant for for Kudo customers, and I don't know if it worked. Um, I don't know if it's working, but I think if they keep on. If they keep on playing these bold moves, if they keep on moving forward with these bold strategies, we're definitely going to see it play out quite well for them. On that note, thank you for the great responses all. Uh, just gave me a great idea for a future podcast. Um, but it has come to that point in the podcast where we ask for shoutouts. Pat, do you want to get us started or do you need time? Uh, no, I can go first. Okay. <laughs> um, so my, my Switch Minute this mm-hmm. week is uh, uh, a personal one a quest that I've been on for the last month. I finally, finally got my hands on neon yellow Joy-Cons. I got the last ones from Ooh. from Best Buy. Literally the last one, like I said, one in stock. And and I got it in the cart and I bought it. And as soon as I bought it, it was gone. There's nothing mm. left. So I actually got the last one left in the country. Um, and uh, they're great. They're, they're beautiful. They're everything I ever dreamed of. They're the greatest controllers I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Samir? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see if I can do this in one take without stumbling. So uh, yesterday I spoke with a 14-year-old HoloLens developer who is Toronto-based. His name is Sabersh Nenamurthy. Um, I think we should all keep an eye on this kid because he's going to go go great places. So my mm-hmm. shout-out is to uh, young HoloLens developer Sabersh. I look forward to working for him someday. <laughs> Speaking of young individuals, our Rose Bihar here turned 25 <gasps> this week. We want to yeah. wish her a very happy birthday. Happy thank birthday, you. Rose. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. I feel completely changed. I'm a new woman. And um, as such, I will continue to find my shout outs last minute. And no, I, I actually found one. Um, 
I was going to speak to Har- the Harman CEO saying that Samsung's AI speaker will be smarter than Google and Amazon's. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole podcast on, on itself. <laughs> okay, but I just want to point out one thing. I know it doesn't seem realistic because Bixby is a piece of garbage according to our own uh, staff writer. Bixby's good for certain okay. things according to him, right? This is true. Bixby is good for certain things, but if you have the Google Assistant, yes. it makes more go. sense to use that. <laughs> that is my opinion. So it's an um, almost flaming pile of garbage. Okay. It's almost a flaming pile Their of words, garbage. Their words, guys. Their words. I did not say this. Okay. Um, but I do want to say that apparently Samsung says all the work on Bixby was done by itself before it purchased um, Viv, which is an AI startup. So perhaps, maybe, they have something up their sleeve with Viv that will be very impressive. And now Viv was created by the co-founder, previous co-creators of Siri. So guys, you never know. Could be something good. Just I'm to, just putting that out there. Just to rift on this, I love that a company of 10,000 people or more, I don't know how many people worked on Bixby, but let's say, a, if we're being generous, a couple hundred, they could not put together a decent AI system and they're dependent on like what 25 people to save them <laughs> Samsung does this like all the time though like they have their they always want to have their own version of everything like their, mm-hmm. their smart things platform they couldn't use one of the existing smart home like ecosystem languages they had to make their own so mm-hmm. I mean Bixby is not surprising but it's also not surprising that it's not very good yeah. uh, on that note thank you so much for listening as I said before if you have a question whether it's written or audio please send it to podcast at mobile syrup.com keegan who sent in our audio uh, question uh this week you're getting a free uh code to halo wars 2 for the xbox whoever sends us uh the next audio question will probably get something nice as well um so there's a little bit of incentive to if you have a bit of shyness in you to just overcome it and send us uh let us hear your beautiful voice on that note uh thank you all so much for listening we'll see you uh next week and make sure to wish Rose happy birthday in the comment section. (laughs) Happy birthday, Rose. Thanks, Sam Sam. Peace. Bye. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.